Today, we are in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, so you can turn to that now, and I will be reading a number of scriptures from that letter that relate to um, what I will be sharing. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 11 through 13. Hear this blessing. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. O Lord, we do desire to hear your mighty and powerful word now and to be prepared by your spirit to partake of this communion with you as your people together. And so, Lord, we ask for your grace to understand this, to apply your precious word, and we ask it in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Two weeks ago, I asked the God of peace for all of us from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I asked the God of peace that we would be sanctified completely and that he would preserve us. That was verse 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful and he will do it. And now this week, another prayer and blessing from the letter to the Thessalonians, the first letter. Uh, this one from chapter 3, which also includes a, re- a reference or to uh, the coming of the Lord, which is one of the uh, major points of the letter. But it begins in verse 11. Now may, Paul said, now may our, that is Paul and Silas and Timothy, may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. So those three and maybe more uh, really wanted to see the Thessalonians. They had not seen them for some time. He had a great desire to see them. He loved them dearly. And so he missed them greatly. And so uh, because he could not go, he sent Timothy to go there and find out how they are. How's their faith? How are they doing in their love for each other and for even for them? And in verse 5, it says, for this reason, in chapter 3, verse 5, Paul said, for this reason, when I could no longer endure it, I mean, he, it was an endurance for him to be separated from these people who he loved so much. He loved them dearly. He said, when I could no longer endure it, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter had tempted you and our labor might be in vain. And then it goes on, verse 6, Paul said, but now that Timothy has come to us from you, so Timothy went, he came back and shared uh, good news with them. He said, it says, and brought us good news of your faith and love, and that you always have good remembrance of us, greatly desiring to see us, as we also to see you. So can you imagine he was going through this endurance because he missed them so much, and Timothy comes back and said, they remember us, they remember you dearly, they greatly desire to see you. You know, what a joy for Paul to hear that. In other words, they love Paul as much as he's telling them here that he loves them. And then it went on in verse 7, Therefore, brethren, in all our affliction and distress, we were comforted concerning you by your faith and and by their love also for them. For now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. And so Paul, Silas, and Timothy loved them. And so were obviously and naturally, because of their great love for them, they were concerned about their growth in the faith and their love for them. And so Paul prayed, verse 12, this is the blessing I will bring at the end of this And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you. 
This is his prayer for them, that they would increase and abound. This is, again, a model prayer, as I have shared these last several months, uh, an example to us of how we should pray for each other, for those around us, that the Lord would make us uh, all here increase and grow in our love for those around us, certainly, and for others. Uh, but not only to increase, but to abound in it, to abound in it. And we saw we can pray in earlier prayers. We saw that we are to pray for abounding hope and also abounding joy. We can pray for that. Increase, yes, we should pray for. We should be growing in, in love for each other. But also it says not only increasing gradually, but abounding in that, abounding in the Holy Spirit. And by that, it means overflowing to all around us. That's what we're talking about here. This is not average love. This is agape love. And then in chapter four of this letter, Paul said, but concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And indeed you do so toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. They were, very, they were growing in love because the God himself was teaching them how to love each other in their local body. But they even loved people broadly in the area of Macedonia. And then yet Paul said, but we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. So he still urged them. You get the point here, that we should never stop growing in our love for one another here. And you will always be urged by the gospel to continue growing in your love for each other. There should never be a lag in this growth. There should be steady growth in our love for one another. They were taught by God, it says, to love one another. And so are we here by the grace of God. And I see it more and more. And we love because he first loved us, of course, and we grow in love as we draw near to him, draw near to him together, and as we become like him. God himself is teaching us to love one another. Praise God that he is doing that by his grace. Growing and abounding in love for one another comes by praying like this for each other. And it also comes by actions of love, of course. They can't be separated. 1 John 3.18 says, My little children, let us not love in word or speech, or only in word and speech, but in deed and in truth. I don't know if you noticed on the back table, I have a piece of paper and it says on the top, 21 factors that foster fellowship. I found this on my desk because I cleaned my desk this week. And uh, I should do that more often because it was a great blessing to see this. And I, so I made a number of copies back there. And there are 21 factors that foster fellowship. And at the top, near the top, is love, of course. And it says, the ultimate in spiritual experience is love. Note that we are commanded to love, John 13, 34, and 35. This implies that true love is not a fitful emotion but a result of deliberate action. And true agape love will result in that. And from the exhortations, if you want to look at chapter 5 now, in this same letter, 1 Thessalonians, in chapter 5, uh, verse 14. Here are just a few examples, uh, some deliberate actions, some practical ways that Paul told them, these people who God was already teaching how to love, and he was urging them to continue to grow. So he gave them these examples. He said, now we exhort you, brethren, four things here. Warn those who are unruly. In other words, insubordinate, uh, maybe idle. So first one, warn those who are unruly. Comfort the faint-hearted. Uphold the weak. Be patient with them all. Four very practical things we can do to show our love for one another. 
to warn and to exhort and to encourage each other is to show love. We are to warn each other if we are walking in sin. We are to warn each other if we're being poor stewards. That should be done in the body, in love, of course. And then to comfort those who are faint-hearted, it says. So that is to show love, certainly. If you see your brother and he's faint-hearted for whatever reason, he's discouraged, he doesn't know if he can go on, yes, you are to comfort them. And you are given grace in the Holy Spirit to do so. And the third one was to uphold the weak, it says. And to uphold them is to show love, certainly. Even physically, but certainly spiritually, emotionally. Uh, uphold those who are really struggling. I believe some among us are struggling. Let's, let's uh, express our love for them and hold, uphold them. In prayer, certainly. And then it says to be patient. To be patient is to show love. We're to be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And so the Thessalonians had a good examples of what love looks like. Paul and Silvanus or Silas and Timothy were examples to the Thessalonians of love. Good examples of what loving one another with abounding love looks like. What sacrificial love look like, looks like. What agape love looks like. So Paul prayed for them. And he said, may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you. He said, just the same way that we're showing. And it, here's another way that he showed how much he loved them uh, because he suffered for them. Paul, Paul prayed that. And, and he showed his abounding love because he, he suffered. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, so you can turn back to chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Paul said, For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain, but even after we had suffered before and were spiritually treated at Philippi, spitefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we were bold in our God to speak to you the gospel of God in much conflict. Didn't stop him. He loved them. And he had suffered, knew he was going to suffer more, but he came in love. And it's loving, I believe, to remind each other as he was loving them so much that he came in suffering to present the gospel. We are to remind each other of, of the gospel in Jesus Christ. Daily, weekly at the, the table of the Lord, we are reminded of the gospel of grace in Jesus. And then he said, this is, he qualified it a little bit. This is how we showed our love to you too. We preached the gospel. And then he said in verse seven through 10, but we were gentle among you just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. So affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you had become dear to us. For you remember brethren, our labor and toil for laboring night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you, we preached to you the gospel of God. He suffered, he worked hard, he loved them dearly, and he showed it by his actions, his deliberate actions. And then in verse 13, after asking that God would give them abounding love, he said, so that he, that is God, may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. This abounding love results in growth in holiness. Growth in godliness, in righteousness, Christ-likeness, with hearts that are blameless before God. We love the God of love so much that we are constantly growing in our love for other members of his family. And so I will begin praying now in preparation to come to the table of the Lord. Um, this blessing, I will begin by praying this blessing and uh, pronouncing this blessing, and uh, then I will continue to pray. Brothers and sisters, May the Lord make you increase 
and abound in love to one another and to all, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Oh Lord, we do praise you for your sacrificial love for us on the cross and for pouring out your Holy Spirit upon us that we might walk in this kind of love for one another. Lord, you are the God of love and it is your holy will that we continue to increase, to grow in love for one another and to abound in it. And Lord, as we partake of this communion now with you, may we receive grace to walk in love for one another, abounding love, which pleases you. For we ask this in the name of the one who demonstrated so clearly your love for us, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We praise you in his name. Amen.